Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundits show. We are the Pickaxe Pundits. I am Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. Make sure to check us out at Denver Stiffs on Twitter. Also check out at NBN-Radio. That's Nothing But Net Radio. We are, of course, part of the Nothing But Net Radio network, which is part of Dash Radio. Um, So we're going to bust into it. We're going to get right into it here tonight. Uh, I have, first of all, only one co-host. We're a duet um, and that is Mr. Ryan Blackburn down in South Carolina. Ryan, what's going on? Uh, not much, Zach. Just excited about this win that came across the table. And uh, I'm pretty tired down here, but it's been pretty busy, but uh, having a great time. All right. Right on, man. Yeah, absolutely. That, that win, uh, of course, you're talking about the Miami Heat win uh, from last night. That one was that one was epic, and uh, we're definitely going to dive into that. We'll dive into that first, but uh, the rest of our rundown for the show, I want to talk about Emmanuel Moutier and Jamal Murray. Those guys have suddenly come alive, maybe not so much in the Miami game, especially when we're talking about Jamal Murray, but um, they've put together quite a few uh, quite a few good games in a row last night, notwithstanding, so I want to get into that and then we'll hit our break and then after that let's get into let's get into the game uh tonight i'm here at the pepsi center uh we are of course right now on the air but directly after this you guys are going to want to head over denverstiffs.com um because we will be posting the pregame press conference audio from coach malone and then right after that you're going to want to hop over to facebook and make sure you're uh, following us over there because i will be shooting our q a for live during warm-ups so you can shoot the or see the Nuggets shoot, uh, ask me any questions you want, and then and then we're into the game against the Warriors. So um, well, I definitely want to preview that game tonight. Uh, and then if we get a, we get a little time, we'll, we'll, we'll get into the homestand um, and kind of what we can expect maybe for, for the Nuggets uh, for the remaining games and, and maybe where we think their record will be when they finally do get back on the road. So let's dive in, man. Let's talk. I want We got to talk about that game last night. Uh, against the Miami Heat, crazy game. The Nuggets end up pulling what a game. out. Yeah, right. Exactly. What, 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 a, what a roller coaster, really. Um, Nuggets end up winning at ninety five, ninety four. It they they got off to a rough start, especially in the first quarter. Miami just could not miss, and then then they come out in the second half and they just dominate defensively, and it looks like they're going to win. Then suddenly uh, they they have a lapse. Um, and, and, uh, the heat get back ahead and they end up, it's just like a, a microcosm of the whole game, right? Paul Millsap gets to the free throw line, misses both free throws, which would have given them the lead. But then on the very next possession, he gets back to the free throw line again, this time for three free throws, um, and gets them the lead. Dion waiters with the buzzer beater that would not fall. And the nuggets got the win. Ryan, I mean, what, what were your thoughts on this one? Well, it really was. The, the Millsap free throws at the end were really a microcosm of how that was going to go. Uh, Michael Malone said after the game last night that uh, Millsap, he, he knew that he was going to make those three free throws, even though he had missed the previous two. And because that's just what 
Paul Millsap is here to do. He's here to close games. He's here to be the $30 million man that they signed him to be. <laughs> and this was absolutely the game that they needed him to have. Uh, he was quintessential for the game last night. And uh, without him, the Nuggets definitely lose that game. Oh, yeah, no doubt. You know, one of the main things I noticed about it, too, was his defense was i mean as advertised he had so many different uh different stops whether it was was getting steals he had a great sequence where he he knocked the ball out of a guy's hand and then and the guy got it back i want to think it was james johnson um and then he goes up to get the the shot and Millsap blocks it from behind i mean we that kind of play was just all night Brian, do you think that his defense is because we've seen the nuggets play much improved defense this year do you think he's really the key to that that improvement Oh, yeah. I mean, Jamal Murray has really taken a step forward, but a lot of his yeah. minutes and a lot of Gary Harris's minutes so far have come with Paul Millsap on the floor. That's definitely helped their defensive development. Uh, as you can say, Paul Millsap has been quintessential. Uh, there is absolutely no way that they take a step forward without his presence. And just the way that he gets his hands on the ball every single time, he's communicating constantly. He's the one who's always calling out the defensive rotations making right. sure that everybody's in the right place. And even Nikola Jokic is stepping up and having some great defensive possessions. Like, did, did you see the game he had last night defensively? I was really surprised. Like, there were oh, a yeah, couple absolutely. of, like, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. He had four steals and a block. Like, that doesn't usually happen for Jokic. And he's he's truly been put into a position to succeed because Millsap has taken a lot of the burden. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree 100%. You know, the other thing that also probably um, that, that doesn't get or you might not notice unless you're really looking in that box score, Hassan Whiteside, three rebounds on the entire night. Now, granted, he didn't play uh, a ton of minutes because he was still coming off that injury, but Jokic flat out kept him off the offensive glass. And coach, I asked coach after the game, you know, what he thought it was. And he said, you know, it was just our guys are uh, just our guys putting forth the effort. And, and Jokic had the same the same response when I asked him. He said, you know, I boxed out. I, I got my body on him um, and I made him work for it. How impressed were you with Jokic's ability to keep Whiteside contained? Because Whiteside has killed the Nuggets in the past. Well, I said this during the game last night on Twitter that Jokic may be one of the kind of least like impressive amazing rebounders out there uh he's as as of last night he was seventh in the nba in rebounding per game and that's for a guy who doesn't necessarily play a ton of minutes i i was just very impressed with the effort that he put forward uh very impressed with the effort that Millsap put forward and they really made it a huge deal to keep hassan whiteside off the glass for the entire game and through the first half i'm pretty sure the mills or uh, whiteside had zero rebounds so a lot right, of that yes, effort, did. like a lot of that, just it was just amazing what he was doing. Yeah, no, I mean it's like I said, it it, it was just uh, I, I was shocked because you're right, he had zero rebounds um, in the first half, and I was completely shocked by that because just because I said we he's, I mean he has killed the Nuggets time and time again, and, and Jokic just completely neutralized him um, last night, which which was which was huge. For Denver, because when you look at the when you look at the Heat, you know that Hassan Whiteside is going to be the guy that you've got to worry about. Now, granted, Goran Dragic had a great game for for Miami um, last night, but it, Hassan Whiteside is the guy that you've got to find a way to contain. But it's not necessarily like like the Heat aren't drawing up plays for him, right? So you've got to f be able to contain him the way Jokic did by keeping him off the glass. They, I mean, he didn't get into major foul trouble, but they did get three fouls on in there in the second quarter, and then he had to go sit down with about three minutes left in the half. 
it, it just, you know, just all around a great effort by them. And, and that went, that went, I think, huge into them getting that victory last night. Oh, absolutely. Like Hassan Whiteside has been a Nuggets killer for the last few years. There's no way around that. He's kind of the prototype center that really gave the Nuggets troubles for the last few years. And he still made a pretty solid offensive impact in this one, but it was limited not only because he was injured, but because of how the Nuggets attacked him on both ends. Uh, I'm, I'm really impressed with the effort that they put forward. I mean, in the third quarter, you saw the Nuggets again just showing how dominant they can be, and especially that starting lineup, they only let up 13 points in the third quarter. Right. Like, that's absurd, especially by giving up 37 in the first quarter. They really yeah, recovered. Absolutely. No, yeah, they definitely did. And, you know, that was another thing we talked uh, We talked to them about the locker room, and everybody said, you know, they said there wasn't any there wasn't any rah-rah speeches, there wasn't any, any butt-chewings or anything like that at halftime by coach. What it was is, you know, they all looked at it and said, look, these guys are hitting open shots. They're gonna. That's gonna come down if we keep playing defense the way that we know we can. Well, this will even out, and it certainly did there in that third quarter. Um, like you said, just 13 points, uh, and also that what was really interesting is Gary Harris gets a technical there um, after he's arguing after what was, what was a pretty lousy uh, foul call. And, and, and the whole team said, yeah, that's what that really energized them. And that made them even just lock down and focus that much more. Um, all in all, it comes out, man, for them. They get they get the big win. Uh, any other thoughts, Ryan, on, on last night's game? Uh, not too many. It was really it was really interesting to see Wilson Chandler kind of heat up from behind the arc. Uh, right. I'm, I'm glad to see that he he got aggressive when the Nuggets really needed him. Uh, he only had 11 points, but those 11 points were huge for the Nuggets tonight. Uh, I know we'll talk about Moutier and Murray a little bit later. However, I thought that Moutier had an excellent three and a half quarters. Yeah. And uh, that that needs to be stated. Like he has really boosted his performance uh, tremendously over the past five games. Yeah, no doubt. And you're right. He had three and a half quarters. He got a little sloppy there right at the end. And that's why I think coach went to Will Barton um, to close it out, which which was, uh, I mean, if, uh, it paid off. Will Will played great D there on Dion Waiters. Um, it's OK. I don't agree with the decision either. Yeah, <laughs> right. So but, um, you know, Moutier, I mean, let's get into let's get into Moutier and Murray, because that that's uh, it's a great topic. And Moutier had. Um, some excellent play last night. He had that huge block, and then he and then he took it to the length of the court and finished it with a jam. That was a big momentum swing. That was awesome, right? Yeah, exactly. And, it, and it's um, it's just another example of how Moutier's his game is is evolving both as a as on offense and on defense. I mean, he, don't don't get me wrong; that, he's still got work uh, to do, certainly. And, and there's still you know we still see the turnovers and the missed layups and and, and the, the the missed rotations on defense, but everything seems less all of his deficiencies seem a lot less noticeable uh this season so far than they were last season but let me ask you this Ryan: how much confidence do you have in murray and moutier as the point guards of the nuggets uh a lot more in the last five games right uh just because the the first three games were putrid the first i mean, yep. we'll, we'll even say four games there but those the last five games uh, the Nuggets have really put on a great performance, and a lot of it has had to do with their point guard play. I had a stat of the week come out uh, Friday, uh, yesterday, and uh, it was detailing just how they had elevated their performance over the last few games. And uh, basically, Murray, for for all of the issues that he's had with his shot, 
Uh, he's been an excellent finisher around the rim. He didn't necessarily yeah. get those shots to go to uh, yesterday, but uh, overall he's shooting extremely well, like elite guard level. Well, John wall, Russell Westbrook level uh, within 10 right. feet of the rim. Uh, and Moody has also really boosted his, his efficiency within that range as well. Uh, the turnovers are always going to be an issue. Uh, however, I mean, between the, between the three, but the two of them over the course of the 46 minutes that they played, they only combined for three turnovers. That's not, not bad. That's not uh, overwhelming by any stretch of the word. So right. I think that if they can stay steady like that, and if they don't necessarily like uh, force the issue too much where they compound their mistakes and make two, three, four mistakes in a row, then there's no reason why the Nuggets really need to go hard after an Eric Bledsoe type. They can focus on maybe upgrading the three or improving their depth in certain places, which I think they're going to need to do eventually. But overall, the point guard position, I am wowed by their turnaround. Right. It's. I mean, you want to be. You want to be reserved, right? Because you're like, ah, oh, you know, it, it is only four games, and we. It's an 82 game season, and we we've got a long ways to go. Um, but but I don't know how you can't be encouraged by their play, especially a guy like Jamal Murray. Which, like, granted, again last night he didn't have a very good game. Um, but but the three games prior to that, I mean, what he scored 20. 26 and 24 i think um and, and like you pointed out an incredibly efficient and even before those games still incredibly efficient inside the inside 10 feet and and you look at a guy like murray and we we always know that he is a, an elite scorer he's got the ability or at least to be an elite scorer you, you question whether or not he can be a great distributor playmaker for others um you question about how much can he create for himself off the dribble but what we're seeing with him is is what, what what we thought would be the case, right? That he doesn't necessarily have to do those things because you've got Jokic, because you've got Millsap, you've got other creators in in atypical positions for a creator that makes it so that your point guard, who is normally the the guy who's who's doing all of that for you, it makes it so he doesn't have to. And what it's allowing Murray to do is focus more on just scoring the basketball, which is where he's at his best. You know, that's that's what gives me confidence in it is because it looks like Murray is settling into what he does best and understanding where he operates within this offense. And that's what's going to give him um, the edge over other point guards. Moutier, man, I can't say enough about Moutier. And and, and people know if you've if you've been reading my columns, like I I was one of the people who said, hey, maybe the Nuggets should just move on from Moutier. Um, I said that at the end of preseason. I I, I thought that's what they were going to do. In the end, they end up moving on from Jameer Nelson instead, which is kind of funny. But you can't say enough about what Moutier is bringing to them off the bench and what he's what he's giving them, especially in these second quarters. I mean, there was two games. I think it was Brooklyn and New York. Granted, they didn't win in New York, but they were looking like they were about to get blown out in the second quarter. And it was Moutier who came in and was the steadying force for this team and got them you know, and got them going. Like I said, they didn't win against New York. They did against Brooklyn. And he was kind of that guy, though, who keeps them in it. And you can't say enough about his ability to do that. Um, I'm going to apologize for anybody who's overhearing the, uh, the crew's getting the game ready for the game tonight. So you are hearing a little background noise, um, which I apologize for. So uh, let's take it back to this though, Ryan, 
Bledsoe, so would you say at this point, I mean, are you are you kind of out on the Bledsoe trade? Do you think the Nuggets should just should stick with Murray and Moutier? I wouldn't say out, but I would say that they they should be a little bit more conservative with the assets that they throw at a trade like that. Right. Uh, there there are certain things that you can do, uh, and let's let's be clear: Eric Bledsoe is an upgrade. Like to anybody that doesn't think that, to anybody that thinks that uh, trading one of Moutier or Murray along with a another rotation piece and acquiring a top 15 point guard right now, uh, that's an upgrade. And it also upgrades the overall point guard rotation because it would move uh, either one of Murray or Moutier to a lesser point guard position off of the bench. And they would have a much more refined role and would likely excel in said role. Uh, I probably wouldn't do anything more than one of those point guards, likely Moutier, uh, and one of Fareed slash Arthur slash Chandler, plus a lot of protected first. And that's that's even stretching it at this point because right. The the team is really they're performing well. I don't know why you interrupt that uh, by adding another dimension to the offense, another guy that really needs to get his own and and will struggle at times to find the ball in others' hands. Right. I think I think that's a that could be an issue. The way that I, honestly, the way that Moutier has played over the last few games, the way that Murray has shown that he can completely blow up and just. Uh, carry the Nuggets offense at times. I I'm out on a Bledsoe trade unless it's a very favorable deal for Denver. Right. Yeah. I, I'm I'm kind of almost the, the same way. Like I think you still probably have to keep Moutier in the deal just because I think Phoenix is going to want a point guard in return because I don't think I mean other than what they would have Tyler Eulis, uh and I can't think of they've got another. Well, I guess who's playing? Hey, they they got Mike James now. Mike James got, is a. Twenty-seven-year-old point guard. He's actually playing really well. Uh, I I invite anybody listening to this podcast to check out Mike James's basketball reference stats, and you will be really surprised at what you see. <laughs> Small sample size, notwithstanding. Hey, but, hey, uh, hey. <laughs> no, but yeah. So that's what I'm saying, though. Okay, so you got Tyler Ulis and Mike James. Um, you would think they're going to want a point guard in return to try, and especially a guy like a Moutier or a Murray who's a young player who's who's showing some things right now uh, who could give them some hope that, hey, maybe this guy can kind of be the replacement for Bledsoe in the future. Maybe this is actually the guy who can be our starting point guard for our core going forward. Not, you know, they're probably not looking at, at either of those guys being a star. Um, I mean, maybe Murray, but I don't think Murray's on the table. But a guy like Moutier, they don't they don't need him to be a star, right? They're, they're looking at, at Devin Booker as, as their star player. So a guy like a guy like Moutier, I think they'd want back just because he, he gives them an option and gives them some upside, um, which is really what they're looking for in the deal. But I'm with you. I don't I don't probably offer too much. Like I, I would not include Kenneth Reed in the deal at this point because because you're like, hey, look, I'm I think the Nuggets can can negotiate from a position of strength. They're like, we're perfectly happy with Murray and Moutier. We'd like Bledsoe. We think he's an upgrade. Um, but we're not gonna we're not gonna, you know, sell sell away the the team for him so and granted freed's not selling away the team but 
a guy like Freed has value in the rotation right now. I mean, he's not getting a ton of rotation minutes, but he is getting minutes. So to me, it's like I think the deal at this point would be Moutier. I I, I would lowball. I would give him Moutier, Arthur, um, and and maybe a second round pick. Honestly, would be my my offer for Bledsoe at this point because I just think the Nuggets don't need to do anything uh, or panic in any way, and that they're negotiating from a major position of strength right now. Especially with the fact too that nobody else seems to be jumping on any any sort of Bledsoe deals. I mean, we saw uh, or we heard a rumor about maybe a three team deal with New Orleans and Detroit, where basically all all Phoenix would have got back in that case was two first round picks. Um, there's there's not let's, a lot hey, of... hey hey let's be real that rumor was definitely coming from Phoenix because Eric Bledsoe's value is not two first round right. picks at this point. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. I I, I kind of thought that funny too because I was like I was like who so who turns down that deal because I was like if Phoenix turns down that deal they're crazy because nobody is going to give you two first round picks um, especially a 2018 pick from the Pelicans which could could or could not end up being a lottery pick you know it'd probably be a uh, not a very high lottery pick it'd be a late lottery pick but it still could be a possibly a lottery pick and then a 2019 pick from the pistons i mean who knows i uh, the pistons have started off great this year but i don't uh, i don't know necessarily trust it and i look at the pistons and i don't see anything that i'm like wow this team is going to be great uh, long term it was really building something nice you know i think they're i think they're off to a hot start and they'll probably come back down to earth so that 2019 pick you know who knows that could be a high lottery pick so I, I agree. I think Phoenix was putting that out there, saying, "Oh, yeah, this this was available and it fell through." Because um, I I don't think anybody's actually offering two first round picks uh, for 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 Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. I think it really comes down to the fact that hey, the Nuggets are playing well right now. Let's not rush it. Let's see what these guys can do and if they can develop some more consistency. Uh, honestly, I think the teams really responded well to having those guys at point guard and. If Barton can be kind of the go-to uh, reserve point guard when neither of those guys are playing up to Michael Malone's standards, then right, fine. Uh, if as long as that's a low-minute thing and not necessarily a four to five to six to seven to eight-minute thing a game, then I'm good with it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, like we saw last night, Barton gets two minutes basically at the point guard, but they're the last two minutes of the game. Um, right. because, because, because Moutier was a kind of, got a little careless, uh, had made some turnovers and then wasn't, um, really wasn't just wasn't, I thought more than anything, he was, his shot selection was pretty poor right down there at the end of the game last night. So they go to a Barton like that and, and you're right. That's, um, that's a, a good recipe right now, or it seems to be a recipe, uh, that works and also will barton is a guy that you know that coach trusts so he gives him that safety blanket for these for these young guys but let me ask you this ryan will barton i mean in my opinion and this is just speculation but in my opinion will barton's playing his last season with denver i think uh denver is is bound by the cba in terms of how much they can offer will for an extension and because he had such a ridiculously low contract um, that he's on right now, they can't really offer him. I think more than like ten million a season, which is which is at best low end of his market value, right? Uh, so right. I I'm not sure that Will Barton is a guy who's going to be on uh, Denver next year. Now, granted, he could hit he could hit unrestricted free agency, and then the Nuggets can sign him for whatever they want, or at least whatever they can fit under the cat. Um, but I think he's going to probably get a, a good offer elsewhere and is going to be moving on. So when they lose that safety blanket, 
Do you see the Nuggets and, and Emmanuel Moody and Jamal Murray, do you see those guys as being still being the long-term answer for this team? Uh, it's hard. It's still early. Uh, I think that with the Barton thing, I think you're really picking between Barton and Chandler at this point, unless Chandler picks up right. his team option or his player option, excuse me. Right. Uh, if If you have to pick between those guys, I think you pick the guy that, gives you the most flexibility. And I would say that that's probably Barton at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I could, I could be wrong. Uh, I think the Wancho is still a guy that they really value highly, but beside the point, uh, Moody and Murray, I'm okay with it. I honestly think that those guys are 20 and 21. they will be 21 and 22 next year. And Moody has the size to play as a bigger two or a, a smaller two, a kind of, kind of, in that range where a two point guard lineup really makes sense because both of those guys can play off ball and both of them have shown that they can play with Nikola Jokic. Uh, I think that eventually you're going to see a Murray Harris Moutier three guard rotation right? Uh, with Beasley as kind of the fourth guard and somebody who plays as a small, a small ball three off the bench. Right. Uh, to yeah. me, I think that just makes a lot of sense, uh, especially financially. Yeah, no, I and I agree one hundred percent. I think I think you know, if if Moutier and Murray can work out, if they they can show that you know these these last few games, if if these last few games that they played end up being kind of the norm um, for them, then I think they're they're absolutely the long term answer because as you say, they they work really well with Jokic. They work really well with with this um, offense that's designed around and the Millsap center. too. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And Millsap. I was really I mean, surprised by that. Millsap's doing. I mean, he's doing a lot of the same stuff on offense that Jokic is doing now. They're doing running a lot of DHOs uh, through him. They're they're using him up on the high post as kind of a distributor. Um, and, and so these guys like Moutier and Murray, as you mentioned, who can play off ball um, and are both both big point guards. You know, so they can they can switch over to that too. Murray Murray can play the two probably better uh, at least right now than he can play the one. So they they fit so well with um with with Jokic and I agree with you too. I think this is the three guard rotation uh, that they want to get to with with Moutier, Murray, and Harris, and then Beasley. I think Beasley kind of takes over that Barton role where he's he's playing a little two and playing a little three, just like you said. Um, the thing that's still contingent on it though is obviously is these guys have to prove that what they've shown in these past few games is real because if you get the Moutier and Murray that we saw in preseason, if you get the Moutier and Murray that we saw last season, and, and Jamal Murray wasn't bad, he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't a guy who's going to take your team to the next level, which is, let's be honest, the Nuggets and all their fans are banking on Jamal Murray being able to do that. They're banking on that guy being a star player um, and, and playing the the point guard position at an incredibly high level uh or they're going to be or they're going to be re-upping or or trying to figure something out which is the other thing that that's interesting about them is is the nuggets can i think short term shortish term mid-term we'll call it uh can be perfectly fine with these two guys because here's the thing paul milsop is he's got two years guaranteed and then a a year team option mason plumley's got a three-year guaranteed deal uh 
Moutier is going to come. They'll have to make a decision on Moutier essentially next season. They'll have to make a decision on Murray in in two seasons from now. But they, if, if it doesn't work out over this next season or two, they're going to have the options to to basically retool again, right? You could let a guy like Moutier walk. You could, if, if Murray ends up not panning out, you can let him walk. And then you've also got... Millsap and Plumley coming off the books, assuming you've extended Nikola Jokic uh, or, or matched whatever max deal he'll get in restricted free agency. He's really, him and Gary Harris are really the only two big contracts on your books at that point. So you can go ahead and chase a free agent point guard if you need to. You can chase, you know, whatever pieces you need. So to me, like you said, I think it's too early to say whether or not these guys are the long-term answer. But there's no reason to gamble that they're not, you know, there's no reason to panic and make some sort of move, make some crazy trade for a guy like Bledsoe when, because you've got, you've set yourself up with the flexibility to kind of wait and see how this goes. And if it doesn't work out, that's fine. You've got plenty of a chance to come back and, and, and retool in a couple seasons. For sure. Uh, and that's one of the argues certainly for a Bledsoe trade is that he would fall on the same timeline as a Millsap type. Uh, where he's probably going to not be back with the Nuggets uh, beyond the 2018-2019 season next year. Uh, so it's that's a good that's a good argument for a short-term upgrade. the The question is whether you believe that a Moutier or a Murray could provide more long-term value, especially if they get that time right now. Uh, I, I don't think that we can answer that question. I think it's still we just still have to wait and see how it's going to go. Uh, but at this point, you have to find out if Jokic is first option material. I think that he is. Uh, whether he's first option on a championship team material, that's another question. That's another question. Uh, but that's that's really a question that the Nuggets should be trying to answer once they reach the playoffs. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think you kind of you kind of almost have to see what what this Jokic centered offense can do in the playoffs when when you're playing the same team four to seven games in a row and they're going to have a chance to really lock in and game plan on what you do and take away what you do best. Um, That I think that is a big question that's still out there, Um, which is one of the reasons why I'm not sure I would say Jokic is the number one. Uh, on a championship team yet i think though jamal murray has that ceiling whether or not he can reach it another question but i think he's that guy who really i mean he can he's got the score what what do you want what is the number one option always on a championship team always best at score in the basketball i mean to me there's like five of those guys in the nba right now there's right lebron james there's uh kevin durant there's steph curry i'd put Kawhi leonard on that list and i mean who else are you really going to throw up there at this point? I mean, I you, mean might, you, you, you might, might throw like, James Harden or James Russell Harden, Westbrook, right. maybe. Russell Westbrook, right. Yep. Maybe. Those would be the other two. But like, Giannis. I mean, maybe. I mean, I, right. I know you're extremely high on Giannis, and I am too. <laughs> However, uh, he still hasn't proven anything beyond the first round of the playoffs at this point. So Absolutely. We, will, we will see what happens with that. I mean, you talk about guys like Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. I think that's kind of the level of player that Nikola Jokic is at right now. Yep. Uh, we're getting a little bit off track at this point. But uh, honestly, I, I think that we're just worrying a little bit about it too much. Just let's see what this point guard rotation can do at this point, And let's see what they can do if they reach the playoffs. 
Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. All right, so let's tell you what. Let's go ahead. Let's hit a break, um, and then when we get back, let's dive into this Warriors game, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be hopping tonight here at the Pepsi Center. Hopefully, not too many Warriors fans, or as I like to say, 2000 uh, late 2000s Lakers fans. Hell yeah. And <laughs> and um, and then after that, let's um, let's well, like I said, maybe we'll get a little bit into this homestand. So let's hit a break. And then we will be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on. Or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Alright everybody, welcome back in to the Pickaxe Pundits Show. I am Zach Bikosh with Denver Stiffs. You are listening to Nothing But Net Radio, part of the Dash Radio Network. Uh, we're here with Ryan Blackburn, also of Denver Stiffs. In What's case you guys up? haven't <laughs> I say if you can, in case you guys haven't caught on or if you're new because we just we've just hopped on with nothing but net radio um all the guys here on the pickaxe are we're all denver stiffs writers so you want to make sure and check us out at denverstiffs.com and uh and also like I said, as i've been saying follow us on all of our different social media platforms all we right write let's cool get, shit man we, we write cool we stuff write cool shit I, I, we're an internet radio so i think we can still cuss on this one. Oh yeah that, all right that, that we write cool be. shit man <laughs> i should have i should have made that a sticking point but uh, but I I did not. Anyways, at, le- at least three curses per episode. <laughs> at least three curses per episode. Absolutely. All right. Um, let's 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 turn our focus towards towards the Warriors, and I want to start with. So there was an article uh, that came out a couple weeks ago on ESPN, and it was essentially comparing the Nuggets today of the to the Warriors. Uh, probably, I think. What maybe back in 2013? Yeah, I th- I'd, say, I'd say it was probably just predating when they actually eliminated the Nuggets in their 57 win season. I actually think it was the, the he was basically comparing them to the uh, to the season right after the Nuggets, uh, which is curious because I'm season. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious about that because the Nuggets did not make the playoffs last year, but but that's okay. Right, uh, right. So yeah, so it was Mike Adams of ESPN who wrote it, and, and I thought he had some. Yeah, no, the Mike is Mike is awesome. Um, but I, in my opinion, and this is funny because I'm a Nuggets guy, but 
I thought it was a bit of a stretch to make a comparison. I thought you brought up the great point, which is if you're gonna, you you can't really compare this team to the Warriors when they when they got Iguodala and they first got you know they got back into the and they really started getting into the playoffs and showing, um, showing people that they could be a threat because the Nuggets haven't proven that they can even get to the playoffs. And you got to remember before they added Iguodala when Iguodala was still on a Nugget, the Warriors not only made the playoffs, they knocked out the Nuggets who were a three seed at the time and made it to the second round of the playoffs. Nuggets haven't ever made the se- have made the second round of the playoffs once in the past like 25 years, okay? And it was with zero of the players who are on this team right now. So I, I think it's a little premature to to compare Denver to that because we haven't seen them reach that level of success as where the Warriors were back in 2013. But I get where Mike is getting at, which is this: the Warriors built their team through the draft. You know, obviously they added Durant through free agency and that was a huge ad. That's what made them a a juggernaut, the the arguably the greatest team of all time. But they won a championship without Kevin Durant. They won 73 games in the regular season without Kevin Durant. So they were plenty uh, plenty of a contender before they got him and they built that through the draft primarily. They added Iguodala in free agency, like the Nuggets, as Mike was making the comparison, like the Nuggets added Millsap, but they built everything through the draft. And if you look at the Nuggets, they're doing the same thing, right? They they got Jokic, he was their second round steal, just like the Warriors second round steal was Draymond Green. They've got this this uber offensive weapon in Jamal Murray, who they pick with the seventh pick in the draft, just like uh, the, the Warriors picked Steph Curry with the seventh pick in the draft. They got Gary Harris, a great do-it-all guard who can shoot, who can defend, just like Clay Thompson. I mean, the comparisons, I, I get the comparison, but I'm not one to sit here and say, hey, these Nuggets are about to be one of the best teams of all time. What about you, Ryan? Would you kind of agree that maybe that article was a little premature? Uh, well, I mean, yes. Uh, we'll just <laughs> We'll just go with the fact that, no, I do not think that the Nuggets are going to be one of the greatest teams of all time. Uh, full stop. However, full stop. One of the things that I think is really interesting about that is, do you remember? I'm, I'm going to segue a little bit into baseball. Uh, an article came out in 2014 uh, on Sports Illustrated. It was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and it said, "Your 2017 World Series champions are the Houston Astros." Yep. And. I was taken aback. I think that the entire world was taken aback by that type of article, but it really was a full on trust the process thing with the Houston Astros and that they, they had stashed all these number one overall picks in the, in the draft and they had been developing and they took their time and kind of like the nuggets. Then they finally broke out last year. And then this past year, they really made their championship run, and they they ended up winning the World Series in 2017, which is amazing. Uh, I think there there are a lot of similarities between the Warriors and the Nuggets. Uh, They have their amazing God-given talents in Stephen Curry and Nikola Jokic. Uh, There's a a two-way wing prospect in Klay Thompson and Gary Harris. I don't think that anybody can say that uh, Gary Harris is at Clay Thompson's level on the defensive end. Yeah, definitely. Uh, And definitely not on the offensive end as a volume scorer, because that's what really made the Splash Bros, is that they just threw up a gaggle of offensive uh, three-pointers between Curry and Thompson. Uh, However, the Nuggets have Paul Millsap now, 
And Paul Millsap, to me, reminds me a lot of an Andrea Godal type or an Andrew Bogut type that really helped become a veteran that turned around the uh, that turned around the team and just turned it into a completely different situation. So I is it premature? Absolutely. Uh, but it's calling your shot. And Micah Adams is seeing something really special in the Nuggets. And I think that Denver Stiffs writers have really been seeing something special as well. And you can see the development of this team, and especially through the offense that Nikola Jokic has been captaining. Uh, if some of the other pieces hit, then who knows? They could they could get to the through the first round and through the second round of the playoffs. And after that, like all you need is the right guy to break out or the right guy to sign with you, and you could be a championship contender. And suddenly you're right there. Yeah, I um, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I think. I think with the Nuggets, it's it's like you said, it's just a matter of, of these guys have to hit. Like you, you've got to have a Murray. Murray's got to get to that level of of a a Clay Thompson um, type of player. You've got to have a guy who's going to be be a, a Draymond Green caliber kind of player. So another guy's got to hit. Whether it's Gary Harris, Juancho uh, Hernan Gomez, Malik Beasley, what have you, um, and that it's. The odds are just against Denver that that's going to happen. It's really rare for a team to hit on as many picks like the Warriors did, and and, and the Warriors uh, they had a miss in there too. I mean, what they drafted uh, Festus Azili, that didn't go anywhere for them. And I think there was another guy in there, Ekpe Udo. Ekpe Yep, there it is. Um, yeah, so they, I mean, they had they had their misses too. But the thing is, is is they hit on on three in a row. Um, that and that that's just so rare. I mean, you can look at almost any team out there in the NBA right now, and almost nobody hits on draft picks uh, three in a row like that. But but they did. And and Nuggets though, to their credit, have they they've they've hedged their bet because if Jamal Murray doesn't hit, maybe Gary Harris does. If Emmanuel Mudiay doesn't hit, maybe Juancho Hernan Gomez does. You know, they've they've stockpiled young players first round picks. I mean, we haven't even talked about Tyler Lydon. Uh, and who knows? I mean, he could he could end up I know Dan Lewis is listening somewhere like and he's cringing right now. <laughs> but but the point is being is is that you don't know yet, right? But they've given themselves more than one option. They're not all in on Jamal Murray has to hit. They're not all in on Gary Harris. They've got they've got they've hedged their bet to where that they've they've bit, built big enough pool that it gives you hope that hey they, they've got enough young talents enough of these guys are going to work out the other problem is though is, is is curry and thompson and green i mean these guys are top players in the nba and and it's you can draft a ton of guys and not not have any of them get to that level so that's the other thing that makes me think it's a little uh it's a little premature Let's let's shift gears here. Though. Let's let's actually get into a little bit more about the game tonight. And and this is so this is something that's funny. I think Jokic brought it up last night. Well, first first Vic Lombardi over there at Altitude asked him uh, what he wanted to tell the Warriors, and he he said they tell the Warriors that they don't want this. Um, but which I thought was great. But um, you know, he also mentioned, hey, last two games uh, we've beat the Warriors, and and he, of course he he's counting that preseason game. But if you count the preseason game, you can actually go to the last five games that the Nuggets have played the Warriors, uh, and. And they have a winning record. They're three and two against them. Weird. How much of that, right? So, how much of that is just luck and coincidence, and how much of that is actually the Nuggets being a tough matchup for the Warriors? Well, the Warriors start Zaza Pachulia at center, and <laughs> that makes it a little bit difficult to guard a guy like Jokic. And 
the one thing that Jokic has really done well in his career so far is he's been able to take advantage of shorter post-up players like Draymond Green uh, when he's on the offensive end. Uh, right. Draymond cannot guard Nikola Jokic in the post on the perimeter because of Jokic's touch and size combination and his, his ability to finesse. Uh, and we'll, we'll see if Draymond hears this podcast and he, he uses it as bullets well, sure material. I'm sure he's listening into it right now. Baited breath. Uh, <laughs> but that's one of the reasons why the Nuggets have been so successful. And the other is that they've gotten extremely lucky. Uh, their shooting has been extremely hot. Uh, most every time that they play the Warriors. And could some of that be because the Warriors are tired and they're coming to Pepsi Center and they don't really feel like running? Sure. The Nuggets do generate a lot of open shots against the Warriors. The thing is that they hit them. And that's a really big deal. And if, if they can show that they continue to hit their shots, which they have so far, especially their, their open shots and guys like Gary Harris and uh, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray gets hot and Will Barton gets hot, then why not? I I definitely see a scenario where a lot of those guys get hot at the same time and the Warriors just can't guard them because of the way that they play. Right. Right. Yeah, that's that that that's absolutely correct. And the thing I think is funny is always is is it's it's definitely dependent on the guys getting hot, right? Like <laughs> okay, I don't I don't think the Nuggets are going to tie the NBA record for three-pointers in a game like they did last time against the Warriors, but it takes that kind of performance, that kind of just perfection and, and getting really hot like that to be able to beat this team just because the simple fact is they're so good. I mean, they and they have so many weapons. You know, I tend to think I tend to think it's more coincidence than anything. The last, the couple of times that the Nuggets have beaten um, the Warriors in the regular season, especially the last game that they won when they did, they tied that record. Uh, they also benefited majorly from the fact that Steph Curry and uh, was was not shooting well, and that Kevin Durant um, didn't get a ton of minutes in that game. That that really helps, and and I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and say that anybody on the Nuggets uh, can lock up Steph Curry. I think I actually do think Emmanuel Mudiay plays very solid one on one defense against him. The best one on one defense, in fact, that I've ever seen Mudiay play has been against Curry. Um, and I also think Curry struggles a lot with Mudiay and his ability to penetrate. Um, because I, you know, I think a lot of people want to say Curry's a really good defender. I don't necessarily buy it. I think he's an average defender, and he just benefits from from playing on such a around such great defenders um, with him. But he's he's a guy who who is still decent at that side, and so so a guy like Moutier will give him trouble because Moutier is, in my opinion, an elite uh, elite player at penetrating. He's not he's not elite at finishing, but he's, he's certainly <laughs> elite at getting to the basket, and that gives Curry trouble. But it, none of that, though, it, to me says, yep, the Nuggets the Nuggets have have such a huge um, matchup advantage against the Warriors, and that's why they the the Warriors tend to struggle with them. The other thing that I think is really going to be noticeable, and that I'm going to be watching for tonight, is the Nuggets no longer have Danilo Gallinari. And while Gallinari is not a great defender, in some cases I think his defense is overrated, what he does have is the fact that he is a natural three, but he's got he's six foot ten height and he's got the length 
which means he can match up with a guy like Kevin Durant in terms of length and speed and athleticism and give him trouble. Kevin Durant once, you know, it was years ago, but Kevin Durant actually once said that Gallo is one of the, is one of the toughest defenders in the NBA. And I, I don't like I said, I don't think that's necessarily because Gallo's a great defender or that he puts in a ton of effort on it. I mean, Gallo's an offensive guy, but because he has that length, he can guard Kevin Durant um, and give him trouble. What do you What do you think? Do you think not having Gallo is going to hurt the Nuggets in this game? Uh, yeah, unless Barton comes out and he plays really well and can create like twenty points off the bench. Uh, right. I definitely think that the Nuggets are going to try and go smaller in this game. I doubt that Mason Plumlee plays a ton. I think that he'll yeah. probably play like in between five to 14 minutes or something yep. like that. Uh, and Kenneth Farid may play five to 14 minutes as well. Yeah. I see the nuggets playing probably Gary Harris, 36 minutes, Jokic, 36 minutes, Millsap, 36 minutes, uh, Murray and Moody, a lot, uh, Barton, a lot Chandler is a small ball four, and they'll play Millsap at center especially to counter Draymond Green at center at times. Yep. And then they'll also play Jokic at center uh, and force try and force the Warriors to match up with him, with a, a larger guy. Uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Warriors attack Jokic, especially because of the way that they play the Durant-Draymond lineups and they go small and... I don't think either of those guys guards Jokic really well, and I don't think that Jokic guards either of those guys really well. But we are seeing a newly, uh, new improved defensive Jokic. Excuse yep. me. So we will we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, it, it's going to be really fun. I'm I'm really excited for this game tonight. Uh, I I cannot wait to see how the Nuggets come out. They they are on a back to back though. So yep. and this this past game was really intense. So yep. we'll we'll yeah, see how exactly. much energy they have. Right, you come off of that emotional high um, of of that, you know, winning that game basically at the at the buzzer against the Heat, uh, and now you got to come turn right back around and play the Warriors. I think that does that does play a disadvantage of them uh, to them. Obviously, uh, the Warriors are were already in town um, yesterday, so that it's not like they're they're worried about rest at all. They should be well rested and ready to go. Um, but but it, to me, if the Nuggets are going to win this game. Uh, they, they they obviously can't let that get to them. They can't get tired. They can't uh, they can't come out with lackluster energy. They're gonna because the Warriors. If you if you if you come out you know sluggish against the Warriors, they're gonna step on your throat and it's gonna be over before the first quarter is even finished. They can't do that. They're gonna have to find that energy. Um, and they got two days after off after that, and they're they're still gonna be at home for a while. So they, they, it's really just you know give everything that they've got. Um, I also think. They're gonna have to. They're gonna. You. It sounds so simple to say, and, and it's almost impossible to do. But you've got to force the Warriors to 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 put the ball in Draymond's hands and make him be the guy to make the shots and beat you. If Draymond Green beats you on offense, then then so be it. But I notice this so much when you play Washington, or not Washington, but when you play Golden State that. That is that is by far the key. Like they they do not want Draymond to be the guy on offense who's who's taking the shots. There he's going to get open shots right. because there's so much focus on those other three guys out there. Um, and then when he's open, of course they want him to shoot it. But he is not the guy that they want to have the balls in his hand, the ball in his hand, 
uh, <laughs> making, <laughs> making funny. <laughs> it's because it's Draymond, right? Uh, yeah, making making plays um, for them on offense. But that's what you have to do. Like you have to find a way to take away Durant and Curry. Honestly, you you even let Thompson get his, and, and that's fine. But you've got to find a way to take away Durant and Curry, and and it's tough in a way. Like I said, they've got to almost take themselves out just with with some shooting slumps. But one way or another, the Nuggets have to figure out how they do that. And so I don't know um, if that maybe means putting Millsap on on Durant um, or if it means putting Gary Harris on Steph Curry. But th- I think that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to they're going to have to pressure the Warriors. They're going to have to run. They're going to have to move. They're going to have to contest every shot. And of course, that's incredibly tough with a team like uh, like the Warriors who can who, who are so great at, at moving off ball and 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 getting the ball moving in general. Um, but that's what it's going to take. What do you see, Ryan, as, as the keys to winning this thing? Well, just look, kind of looking through the box scores for uh, for the Warriors, you see their three main scorers, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. Uh, right. Durant averages 25. Curry averages 27. Clay Thompson averages just under 22. Uh, Draymond Green averages only nine points a game. And they don't have another guy on their team uh, averaging over seven points a game, which is kind of absurd. Uh, right. Just the way the way that they have scored points, though, is they've they've put all three of those top guys in a great position to succeed. Because at this point, Kevin Durant shooting fifty three percent from the field, forty nine percent from three. Clay Thompson shooting fifty three percent from the field, forty six percent from three. Stephen Curry shooting fifty percent from the field, forty percent from three on almost ten three point attempts. Hmm. So the the I, it's it's really hard to do, but the, the you have to force the ball out of those guys' hands as much as possible and just crowd their space. Uh, make right. them make tough shots over you. Make force them into long twos as much as you can. If you give up a couple of open dunks, so be it. Run them off of the three point line and make them make a whole bunch of passes because they are prone to making mistakes. Uh, they have a 15.5% turnover rate, uh, which is 28th in the NBA. And that's, that's really bad. Uh, right. So keep making them make plays and we will see what happens. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and the key to it is, is play your game as well. Obviously the nuggets um, have, have been much better on defense, but their game is still offense. Uh, they, 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 they kind of go back and forth. We saw it against Toronto. Though. That's the kind of game you need to, you need to have, you need to get up and down the court. Uh, you need to, you need to be moving plenty off ball yourself. You need to be hitting your three pointers like they were. But the nice thing about playing the Warriors and maybe one of the reasons the Nuggets do play, uh, well against them is the Warriors game and the Nuggets game are very similar. They both want to play that same style. They want to both, they will both want to get up and down the court. They both want to get a lot of three point attempts. They both want to, aren't going to focus as much on defense. Granted, the Warriors are a very good defensive team, but they're not, that's not their focus. And, and that's what works well for the Nuggets. The, the question is just, can they beat them um, at, can they beat the Warriors at their own game? And, and like like we've been saying, the way you do that is, of course, doing the impossible by trying to get the ball out of Curry and Thompson and, and Durant's hands, and then also um, making sure you you contest everything. But I don't know, man. I I think there's I think there's a shot. Um, FYI, do it. FYI, Basketball Reference has them at a one ten point five defensive rating right now, which is twenty fourth in the NBA. 
That's the uh, the Warriors. Yep. So that's, see exactly. That's, that's not bad. That's that's doable. Well, it's really that's, bad. It's I mean, bad on the Warriors end, right? But no, absolutely. I mean, they have a one eighteen point eight offensive rating, which is far and away the best in the NBA. But like, uh, it's it's trying to outshoot them. That's what you have to do. You have to create as many open threes and open layups as possible, and that's just what the Jokic offense does. And Paul Millsap's starting to assimilate into that. And if they can continue to do so, then. I kind of like their chances if they if they come out firing. Right, yeah, I, I'm I'm probably not going to agree with you about liking their chances. I, I don't. I mean, like I, I like their chances to keep it within like 15 points, and we'll see what happens after that. <laughs> Let's go yes. with that. Yes. So if the line, I don't know what the line set at, but if it is the Warriors plus 16. Um, or minus, Warriors minus 16, Ryan is telling you to take the Nuggets and the points. Oh, yeah, take take the – oh, hey, 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 hey. Just just take the points. <laughs> just, take, just take the points. All right, there you, there you go. Um, all right, real quick, real quick because we got, we got just like a couple minutes left. Um, so after this, the Nuggets get Brooklyn. Uh, then they've got Oklahoma City and, and Orlando to to close it out i think we're both under the assumption the nuggets probably lose tonight here against the warriors which would put them at two and one on the homestand how do you have them finishing up this homestand what would what, what you got them for as a as a record on the six game swing uh well i think that they can win against brooklyn i think that that's just a team that they match up really well with especially the Jokic versus mozgov kind of group yeah, uh absolutely. i they struggle with oklahoma city and oklahoma yeah. city is different than what people thought that they would be at this point. They just lost to the Boston Celtics last night. And I'm, I think it's pretty interesting that a team that just lost Gordon Hayward is really dominating them through great ball movement and whatnot. Right. Uh, and Orlando is playing extremely well right now. Like that is, that is a team that kind of scares me because Nikola Vucevic uh, spaces the floor like none other right now at the center position. And right. he's a guy that could put up, 35 40 points on Jokic. Um, oh yeah. However, I think that over the course of the next 4 games that they go either 2 and 2 or 3 and 1. I think they will right. probably win Brooklyn and Orlando. I think that those are two games that they will win. I think Orlando's probably going to come down to earth, but I mean, you never know. And I think that they lose to Golden State and they it's kind of 50-50 with OKC at this point. Right. Yeah, I would. Uh, I tend to agree about that. Two and two or three and one. I, I would almost go two and two. I think o- Oklahoma City is just a tough, uh, a tough matchup for the Nuggets because because they have Russell Westbrook and the Nuggets have two very young point guards who who are basically going to get the guy who goes harder than anybody um, coming right at them. And as we saw in the preseason, they they struggled with that physical uh, play that the the. Um, Thunder brought and and what I'll be interested to see is is will there be a response? If you remember, Westbrook had the uh, flagrant foul right off the bat that was clearly a uh, clearly a message foul, um, which is funny in preseason. Oh yeah, I'm going to do that. So I'll be interested to see if there's any retaliation there from the Nuggets. <laughs> It'll be something to keep your eye on. But I'm with you. I think they they probably go two and two, um, and then end out the homestand four and two, which isn't bad. I think most people would take that. Yeah, especially with the quality of teams that they've had to play so far. Like, I mean, Toronto, Miami, Golden State, Brooklyn, Oklahoma City, Orlando. Those are, I mean, aside from Brooklyn and and Orlando. Like, I mean, I don't I don't think Brooklyn will make it to the playoffs, but Orlando certainly might. Those five five potential playoff teams at that point, and especially like three top seeds. 
Like that's a, that's a pretty solid record if they can go four and two. Uh, I'd be really really happy with that. Absolutely, I'm with you. All right, we'll tell you what we are we are out of time, so we are gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Ryan is the ninth Ryan Blackburn on Twitter. He's at Ryan Blackburn nine. Damn I'm straight. At, <laughs> I am at Zach Mikosh. Make sure to follow us at Denver Stiffs. Also want to follow at MBN Radio for nothing but net radio. Uh, and then on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs. Make sure you're following us on Facebook as well. Ryan, appreciate you on. Absolutely, thank you for having me, Zach. All righty, everybody, we will talk to you next week. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.